Hey, buddy, buddy, buddy. Hey, baby. Baby. What's the next situation like? Uh, um, unsupported? Unsupported. Largely? Uh, it's like my emotional health. <laughs> yeah. Has Hillary been gaslighting you again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there we go. I got some going. Okay, good. I just want you to be as comfortable as humanly possible. You, you know, I can't see you at all. I'm looking at a white background. I same right back at you, buddy. I've you, got I've got SM and a spinning fuzzy circle. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I know. Is it dim- Okay, I'm going to try again to give you access. Anything? No. Can you see a video of yourself? Yes, I can. Well, la dee da. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah, well, I guess let's just go video free. We'll be abstract voices in the in the night. Yeah, can't wait. You so you can't see me. No, it'll be a purely auditory thing. So then, when when Hillary comes in and decides to like skin an animal next to your <laughs> microphone. <laughs> I will have to. Yes. I will have to figure okay. that out entirely based on sound. Yeah, I'm, I'm right next to the skinning block, so <laughs> I got nobody to blame. Hey, I know. When, when April when April rolls around, uh, it's hunting season in <laughs> apartment BG. Uh, hey, don't tell people my apartment. <laughs> I apologize. There's a lot of skinning going on in here. You don't want to come in. Uh, um, what do you think's fair game right now in New York State? Hunting, hunting wise. Okay, I was like, what you... not in terms of what do you in apartment get away with skinning in New York State these days. <laughs> Let's start the conversation off dark. Um, like, what do you think a good what What's good game in in uh, in New York State? I'll tell you this much. Deer. Okay. Um, and I I would also guess. Um, I mean, what do you think about like a moose? Moose? Are there moose? I've never seen a moose <laughs> in New I. York. I don't know if they have them. I don't either. Mountain lions, they don't have. Coyotes, I don't think they have. No, I don't think so either. Um. I'm pretty ignorant of Northeast wildlife. I'm realizing, duck maybe. Oh yes, I'm. I'm, I'm sure there are duck hunters. There are duck hunters out there. That's a good point. Um, other birds, <laughs> other fowl, other. Fowl. <laughs> um, now, does does Hillary defeather in the same location that she skins, or yes, are those? It's, de- it's a. It's one block. It's just a, it's just a large block it's, it's upon a, which Hillary does stuff to animals. It's a one-bedroom apartment. There's not enough room for a feathering and a skinning block. Sure, sure. A feathering. Right, right, right. Um, it's Saturday, as you know. Yes. Um, what'd you do on Friday? Uh, Hillary's friend Kim came over. Um, we had a great time. Nice. Uh, yeah, had had a couple of shots of Fireball too, for good measure. What's new in the life of corporate law? Um, didn't hear too much. Um, on on that front. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I think a lot of it's privileged and confidential. Right. Sure. Sure. Do you know any of her clients? No, I think that's privileged and confidential. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> You're putting my life at risk just asking these questions. So. Sure. Have Have you seen that clip? Um, of the firm from, from Joe Rogan. No, he's talking to a mushroom expert. No, <laughs> no. Talking to, like this is just a broad, broad mushroom expert, not just uh, psilocybin mushrooms or anything. Sure. And he go and he's like, sure, you have to wear, you, know, you have to, um, <laughs> you have to weigh your, um, you know, the the benef- the health benefits and dangers of of any mushroom, um, including portobello and and. Uh, or some. Uh, this is a very bad paraphrase, but but Joe Rogan goes, oh, "What's bad about um, portobello mushrooms?" And he goes, uh, "Talking about this um, puts my life in danger, and I'm going to decline to answer." <laughs> and, and, and Joe Rogan goes, "Whoa, talking about portobello mushrooms puts your life in danger?" And the guy just like stares at him with like a like, like you know, like he literally has a gun to his head. Um. Okay, I have you. I you have definitely told me that story. It's amazing. Um, but do you have any clue where your microphone is located currently? Because you can't hear it. No, I can hear it, but unfor- that's sort of the unfortunate part. It feels like you're scraping something against it quite vigorously. Oh, maybe it's yeah. I might be getting a blanket to it. Yeah, I think I think it may be under blanket right now. Sorry about that. That's okay. Maybe maybe the camera really is necessary, just so I can, I can see <laughs> what you're doing with that blanket over there and and preempt some of these. <laughs> Because that last story, while complete, uh, totally amazing, I love, I love the guy who's terrified of big portobello, but uh, a lot of it is going to be lost in a really fuzzy and uh, grating acoustic drama. Yes, and I, I just want to say for the listeners out there, I'm not a blanket Joe Rogan supporter in any way, uh, but or a listener. I mean, you or don't... listener. No, I've never listened to him. I only know that. I mean, I only know, like, clips. Right. And, yes, of course, his rise to, I mean, you can't say what recently happened was his rise to prominence. He already had 11 million followers. But (laughs) it'd be hard not to have heard of him after the latest Spotify thing. Right, 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 right. Anyway, Um, I I don't want to pick a fight on this one. No. With Rogan or, or yeah, uh, no, or the or the or Big Portobello. That's right. I'm I'm Switzerland on this one. You are, if I'm not mistaken, a pretty big Portobello guy. I love Portobello. Yeah, I mean, I well, I agree with you that it's one of the lesser mushrooms. I mean, but I love mushrooms. And if someone wants to give me a Portobello burger, Portobello omelet, whatever, I'm in. Like, sure. I, I I think of them as a as a benefit. It's better than. Cremini, but it maybe isn't as good as a more like uh like you know one of the real funky ones yeah i like the woodier the woodier yeah a woodier is gonna gonna get every day um i got some apples at the farmer's market today oh what kind empire oh me oh my but i almost got uh, i almost got pink lady that's your favorite right no, William. Oh, it's Red Delicious. Just no! kidding. I know, I know it's not. I will forever remember the look on your face when I handed you a bag of Red Delicious. Honey Crisp. 
Honey Crisp, of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, also, William, I have a um, – I, I, I didn't tell you this, but I just want to say this now. I, I At some point, um, I do have a, a mailbag for us. Oh, you do? From who? Um, is, from, that, is that to be revealed later? Uh, yeah, sure. I can reveal it later. It's not a secret. It's not like <laughs> – Okay. Did you get my like email skinny... about our fun segment? Uh, I'm looking at it now. Okay. Well, it's not – you don't need to think much about it, so – Okay, got it. It's all good. Um, why don't you welcome people back? Oh, folks, you better welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William Bluer, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, are you ready for the beginning of the end? <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Joe <laughs> No, folks, we aren't just going to dwell entirely upon our very, very wealthy owner this week. Though, of course, we will spend some time discussing Sai. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's par for the course. Um, no one becomes a fan of basketball without wanting to hear Simon and I talk at length about the owner of a basketball team. Um, <laughs> we've got, of course, a very busy agenda, Simon. We are going to break down in, t- to you and me, I'd say a normal amount of detail, but for, for an outsider... I'd say an agonizing amount of detail. The Boston <laughs> Celtics Nets series. Okay, that's right. We're if no you, stone unturned today. If you do not have an incredible interest in Nets v Celtics, <laughs> turn it off right now. Right. Rewind. Listen to the mushroom bit. Believe me, it's better when I tell it through a through a a uh, blanket um, infused microphone. <laughs> Than just watching the clip. Just just listen to me describe it. Right. If you don't want if you don't want serious minute analysis of a Grant <laughs> Williams versus Nick Claxton matchup, uh, then this show might not be for you. But we no. will get into that, I promise. That's coming soon. As mentioned, we're gonna get into some Josai whatnot. We have uh, Simon is an increasingly religious person. I remain on the fence, let's say, <laughs> <laughs> with you regards disdainful of those. <laughs> but we are, of course, going to infuse the show with some Easter talk. It just yeah. wouldn't wouldn't be the same otherwise. But Simon, I wanted to start out. I wanted to start out big picture. Yeah. Okay. And I want, I've got some questions, some scenarios, some, some meta Nets Nation talk that I think there's probably no better person in the business to, to get at than you. Okay, great. Okay. Great. Um, so... First of all, Simon, this, as anyone with even a passing familiarity with the Brooklyn Nets this season, has been a weird season for the Nets. Yes, absolutely. We came into it with pretty grandiose expectations. 
It was a championship or bus team. We were the odds on favorites in Vegas until like a week and a half ago to win the entire thing in spite of what an obvious dumpster fire so many parts of this season were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And after all that, uh, after a, a flirtation brief, but a flirtation with not even making the playoffs, mm-hmm. we are securely in the playoffs. And as I said, we will, we will get into the, to the black first green here pretty soon. But we're in the playoffs, and so I just want to take a step back and ask, what, Simon, are the stakes of these playoffs, and what are reasonable expectations for what the Nets could do in these playoffs? Great questions, William. This, this You've set a beautiful table for me here. Turkey dressing all the fixings. Sure. little A little uh, gravy urn? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and it's filled to the brim. It's brimming with brown gravy. <laughs> um, thank you. Some for the dinner question. rolls. So, of course, yes, buttery rich. I can see the buttery oil rich. Off. Yeah, maybe some some Hawaiian rolls. Mmm, mm. sweetness to them. <laughs> okay, so great questions. Um, I feel like. The stakes question is actually weird to answer because on one end, the stakes are high because Kevin Durant is 33. Uh, His legs are brittle Mm -hmm. and um, his body is very skinny and, um, you know, uh, contact he no likey. So, um, (laughs) so, so like, you know, this could all come crashing down at any moment. Oh, and just as a, by the way, he's one of the greatest players right now in, in the NBA. So wasting a season of of prime Kevin Durant is never good. No. Windows uh, are brief, I'm told. Right, exactly. Um, so in that sense, it's tough to be like, you know, this season isn't a must win season in some ways you could certainly make that case, but I don't know after this, this season has really beaten me down to the point where I, you know, like maybe we'll get them next year. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't, I don't really feel like I'll be shocked or, I mean, I'll certainly be disappointed, but I won't be surprised or feel like, you know, like we were robbed or, or, you know, we had this golden opportunity that was ripped, ripped away from us in the playoffs. Cause I, I just feel like, <clears throat> I don't know. It's like, kind of a lost season. Yeah, it, it is kind of. And like, if we can do, I mean, it's certainly not at the level again of like the D'Angelo Russell, the feel good season, the D'Angelo Russell, Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie season where like we got into the playoffs. That was awesome. Everything else is gravy. Because it will sting. It will be painful um, when and if we're eliminated probably pretty early here. But um, but it's also not like last year where it truly like felt like, holy shit, like this this could be it. A lot of things are breaking our way and then a lot of things did not break our way. Right. I mean, there. Were... did you read the Logan Murdoch profile on KD? No. So, this is new. Uh, came out a couple weeks ago in the Ringer, and I heard him I on uh, another podcast interviewed, and one thing sort of stood out to me in this, and it's sort of where 
I am troublingly at right now with the Nets. Mm-hmm. And so basically what he said was KD realized in Golden State that championships uh, did not equal happiness. Mm-hmm. So at this point in his career, KD, uh, as you say, one of the greatest, if not the best current living um, basketball player, uh, really just wants to do the thing he loves, which is play basketball, with the person he loves, which happens to be Kyrie Irving. <laughs> um, results be damned. Which, yeah. which from uh, on like a personal level for KD, it's hard to hard to say. You know, hard to knock him for that. You know, it's like we all can make choices you know i don't i don't think that you should be uh forced as an individual to sort of like maniacally pursue greatness at all costs uh-huh. um but i'll tell you who it's not that cool for. <laughs> and I I know the that is everyone in or around this podcast who considers themselves a fan of this team Right. (laughs) Great. Great on a personal level. Glad he's come to that truth that there's more to life than winning. Just really wish he had come to that truth on a team that wasn't the one that I have chosen to (laughs) care about. Well, William, perhaps our only choice then is to kind of like. Do uh, do what the Lobo fans should have done with with Coach Bliss. Shield by a a team of attorneys to shield him from internal investigation (laughs) and keep him forever. Where there's smoke, there's fire. So much smoke around Bliss. Choking amount of of smoke around Coach Bliss. No, um, no. I what I mean by that is just that, like, you know, as we've talked about many times in this podcast, but but Lobo fans were like, "Cah." Bliss can't get us out of the second round of the tournament when they should have been saying, my God, it is truly a blessing that we get to the second round of the tournament. Um, So I think the only thing that we can do here, William, and it it ain't going to be easy is to just say, Hey, you know, we're the nets. We're never going to win a championship. (laughs) We're never going to be great. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe we'll get to the second round of the playoffs. I mean, not this year, bro. Right. If we do win a championship, know that in 30 to 40 years, the banner will be auctioned by a Long <laughs> Island auctioneer for about $1,800. Yeah, what? Did you get the final bid on that? I didn't get the final price list on that auction, but mm-hmm. I will I will, I will. will dig it up. Don't worry. Yeah, round back to us. <laughs> so, in other words... I mean, it's it's pretty grim from a you know a a championship or bust sort of fans mentality, but you're saying, perhaps I'm saying, that we should we should get rid of those types of expectations for at it, least exactly, for this season. Oh yeah, especially for yeah for this season and probably for as long as. Kyrie Irving is around and that probably is as long as Kevin Durant is around um and just try to soak up the again I understand this is not ideal I'm not saying this is great I wouldn't say I wouldn't even say it's not ideal I'd say that it's just 
just like patently unpleasant to experience from a fan's perspective. Well, I would turn your frown upside down. Okay, so it's just a matter of framing exactly. and, and, and appropriate expectation setting. Exactly. You've got Clayton Shields and Spider-Smith on the same team. Spider-Smith, who did spend a few seasons, uh, you know, going from team to team in the NBA, I think. Yes. Um, you got Kenny Thomas. You got Lamont Long. This is the Lamont the Long days. was a bucket, straight up and down. <laughs> Royce Oldney. Royce Oldney, uh, the, uh, basically the Kyle Corver of Truth and Consequences, New Mexico. Exactly. <laughs> no better description. If you don't know Royce Oldney, Royce listeners, Oldney. pause this podcast and look up his highlights because they are <laughs> transcended. Uh, also, give me a ring if you find those highlights. <laughs> He was around very much pre-YouTube, and I'm not sure anyone is digging up their video cassette tapes of only splashes no, no. to put on YouTube for our He was from plan. Truth or Consequences, though. That's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. And if you're not aware of what Truth or Consequences is, once again, I hate to send you away from this podcast, but pause the podcast. <laughs> Pause the podcast <laughs> and look up what truth or consequences New Mexico is, other than merely Royce Oldney's hometown. That guy, yes, that guy is the pride and joy of TRC. Wasn't it named after a game show? Yes. Okay. It's a complete joke of a town. <laughs> so, um, but but I I would just say William that like that that to me it is a pleasure to watch Kevin Durant. It is a pleasure when he deigns to play to watch Kyrie Irving most of the time. Um, it's these are these are good things, you know. That sure, there's a lot of bitterness, a lot of disappointment, a lot of anger, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of reconciling oneself to a new set of expectations. A tremendous amount. Look, it's like you know, like uh, you know. Right. You're going to see a team every year carry off the, um, the uh, what is it, the Larry O'Brien? The Larry O. The Larry O uh, um, crown, um, trophy, and it's not going to be us. No. Okay, but we are, you know, we're going to be better than the Kings. We're better than, you know, many, many other teams who are just wallowing in, like, you know, year after year of of total destruction. At least we get to watch one of the greatest players of all time. And Kyrie Irving, a player who is fun to watch. When he's playing, yes. When he's playing. Um, so what do you think... Uh, you know, we uh, I I hear you on the on the shifting of expectations, perhaps lessening, narrowing of expectations, just adopting a very um, come what may appreciate, live in the moment, appreciate you're, you're, what you've got. You're in a husk of a relationship, <laughs> and you're just you know making the most of it. Right. You're, you're... You only have the rest of your life to get through <laughs> and that's before be it's that. over. No. No, with the healthcare system the way it is, you'll be dead <laughs> way sooner than you expect. Okay? Exactly. Exactly. You're going to die soon. So love the hell that you've put yourself in. It, it, it'll only feel like an eternity. So, okay. 
we've we've adjusted appropriately our expectations, right? We're not going to uh-huh. win a championship. But what happens if the very real possibility of us getting bounced and not even not even in like a good series, in a series that one might expect were they to look at like say the net rating of these two teams throughout the season or the defensive versus offensive ratings of these right. two teams. Like what if Boston just is as good as the numbers seem to suggest they are and we are as meh as the numbers seem to suggest we are. What would that mean do you think for let's say Kyrie Irving? Well, there was just um a terrifying article. Yes, an Ian O'Connor uh, if you if you're having trouble sleeping too much, read <laughs> the latest Ian O'Connor article, and you will immediately have a sleepless night or two. <laughs> There's a Bobby Marks quote in it, right. Simon. If you don't mind, I'm going to no. just read it to you. It says, "If they, the Nets, entertain the thought of not not bringing Kyrie back and explore the sign and trades." They should also explore their options of trading Durant. That's the reality of it. Kyrie recruited Durant, and these guys are attached at the hips. These are the cards the debts have been dealt. So, Simon, are you drinking the uh, Bobby Marks? By the way, Bobby Marks may be one of the uh, part of one of the most disastrous front offices in league history, um, yet weirdly revered we've talked about this many times on this show um so don't necessarily take his word as as uh gospel here but do you think what there's any merit to what he's saying um yes definitely i i do um i think uh i think that that that's probably true you know i i i mean Again, we, we've talked about like what it would take for Kevin Durant to sour on Kyrie, right. and I think it would take him just like totally quitting on on the team, like it, it, while playing. Not not even like obviously like his weird excuses for not playing, uh, you know his his sabbaticals, his his refusal to get the vaccine, unlike ninety nine percent of the NBA players. Uh, and about 40% of the Mets, am I right? Um, <laughs> and, uh, really sounds like they, uh, yeah, they're, big, they're, they're just all about voices for the voiceless in the Mets. But. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of voices on that team. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, but, but yeah, I, you know, I think it would take him just totally quitting on the team and not being like fun for Kevin Durant to, to play with, which could happen. I, you know, definitely think that is possible. But I would say it's unlikely. Can I tell you at this point where I'm at with Kyrie? Yeah, hit me with I it. Think... I, I can't believe if it's lower than you've been before, I'm, I'm bracing. No, myself. I mean, it's not it's not how I feel. We all know how I feel about Kyrie. I, I, so I so wish he were on any other team than ours. Obviously, <laughs> that, that remains untrue. I mean, sorry, that remains as true today as it ever has has been. Uh-huh. But this is this is how I feel about the possibility of him actually not being on our team. Okay. Okay. And I think there is only one scenario in which he would not be on our team uh, for the long term future. 
Uh-huh. And th- it is kind of a, a macabre and, and gross thing for me to say. But I basically think the only way we would not sign him to a massive long-term contract is if he suffered an injury in the playoffs. Okay. okay. So I'm not necessarily – I mean, obviously, they wouldn't do it if it were a serious injury. Right, like if he tore his Achilles or something, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I, I of course am not wishing an injury upon anyone, but yeah. I think we're, but I think it might even be like, uh oh, he tweaks his ankle in game two as he seemingly always does, and is just out for the rest of the playoffs. I have to think, I have to think that would give them pause in offering him a massive extension again. Yeah, that could be the. St- I mean. I think the hope there would be that, like, it would be the straw that broke the camel's back. Yes, for for KD, yes. He's just for, like, he needs someone he can rely Like, obviously, they're besties. Obviously, they're soulmates. Obviously, uh, yeah, that's, that's – it's going to take a lot to shake that. But I could imagine a world in which it's just not practical to have someone who uh, – put aside all of the made up reasons why he can't play, but just like physically clearly is never going to be able to make it through a playoffs again. Yeah. Yeah. He is so skinny these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not going to help that he's going to be fasting through the playoffs. Oh God. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oopsies. I had forgotten. But that. it is. I, I, I am shocked. Quotes about it. I am shocked that he's stuck with this for more than a year. Yeah. This is year two, I believe, of of him. Yes. Uh, doing Ramadan, but. Right. Um. Right. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, well. <clears throat> so okay. So we've got Kyrie. Uh, I I think at this point, barring the injury that I mentioned, which again, I, I certainly, I genuinely do not wish upon anyone, but I think that would probably be the only thing that would keep him off. Even if we get swept or something, I, I could I could just see their bond being so strong that they run it back. Um, what about what about Ben Simmons? Um, do you think that he long-term, like, do these playoffs have any bearing on him or because he will be, if he plays at all, such a minor character that like pretty much next season we can in Nets nation be sure Ben Simmons will be on our team. I think we will be sure he will be on our team and not in a good way. Um, not for any good reasons. Like I, I think it will be because his trade value which uh, took a hit um, when he refused to play for the Sixers um, uh, until Maury, you know, weaseled his way into a, a deal with us. Um, is rock bottom. I mean, who would what like the like his his injury now? To me, William, all of this like new stuff about like, oh, he's aiming for game four and five. Right. But it's coupled with Nash being like, uh, he's not running. Right. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I mean, you know, like, yeah, he's aiming for game four, I guess. But in order to do that, he's going to have to run. <laughs> Simon, um, imagine me as a, a George Lawyer. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's any way he's playing possible? I think he's. 
Now, you go, when you grow up in Georgia like me, you know a thing or two about playing possums. Playing possums. Now, you get that sweet molasses running through your lips. <laughs> you got a little dribble of peach juice coming uh, off your lip. Yes, and then you think, oh, I'm game for a game of possum. <laughs> Ain't that boy playing possum with me over there? I, I know him well enough. <laughs> no, I, I think that I wish you were fucking possum. <laughs> Who's playing possum and what the hell does playing possum mean? Right, that is a good question. But to me, playing possum here would be he, he's he's like not running, but secretly he is coming back. Right. Um, I don't think that's true i think that this is rich paul's attempt because he's like he's uh he's trying to basically he's trying to salvage a client who is a complete dumpster fire and do you know pulling out all of the stops to, to do that uh and one of the ways he's doing that is like he's seeing obviously the narrative of like does this guy want to play like what if if he does have a back injury how does somebody who didn't play injure his back this badly? This is a horrible back injury. Did you hear Stephen Smith's rant about it? Yes. yes. Like, did he hurt it in a pothole on the way right. out of the highway? <laughs> the pothole he hit on the drive from Philly to New York. Yeah. No, that is, yes, I mean, I hate to give the guy some some credit. He's a incredible, like, basically like serial liar and like every every the epitome of what we talk about with like no accountability punditry uh-huh. um and like one of the laziest like work like like to make the millions that he makes doing the amount of work he does is just pure pure talent right um, if you would like that guy's not doing any research he's not spending his, uh, what was what was one of the quotes on from um What's his, uh, Priscilla was like, after pick eight in the draft, he was like, nah, I don't know much about this guy. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry, that was a tangent. But, 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 so I think it's like Rich Paul's like, okay, we got to create the narrative that he really wants to come back, but darn it, this back is just killing it. He really wants to come back. He, here, Ben, tweet a, um, smiley, uh, uh, an emoji with steam coming out of his right. uh, nostrils. Ten, he's really coming back. Uh, tweet grind harder. Exactly. And and we'll get you through this year not playing, but getting people to think that you wanted to play. You were targeting game four with all of your might. So this is as good a time as any to transition into this nitty-gritty Beantown series that we're in. Sure, sure. Do you, uh, soothsayer that you are, foresee yeah. a Game 4, a Game 5, or a Game 6? Is Brian Winter suggested return of Ben Simmons? I do not. I don't think there's any chance he plays at all this, this year. I, re- I really, I'm completely lost. Like, I'll tell you that the, the final straw for me, William, was was just yesterday when, like, yes, after all of this hype, and it's like, four to say, Woj, uh, Winhurst, uh, Shams, everyone is saying, games four to six, he's targeting. If he doesn't have a setback, he's doing it. <laughs> and Steve Nash today, yesterday was like, well, he's not running, so no update. <laughs> like, okay, well, I mean, because as you know, William, and and as many a player coming back from injury will tell you, 
you need to do a lot more than just run to play a game of basketball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not even there. No, no, no. And to be an elite level defender and, you know, meaningfully impactful in a NBA playoff series. Yeah, it takes a little more than running. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, let's let's try to, as we begin to look and dissect in, again, agonizing detail, <laughs> this Boston series that begins tomorrow, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, let's start with a positive. Yeah, Simon. okay. Nets may, arguably, very arguably, have two of the three best players in this series. Yeah. KD and Kyrie, uh, probably KD is, I think, unquestionably the best. Yeah. Tatum is pretty unquestionably the second best. Mm-hmm. And then an argument could be made that Kyrie is the third best ahead of, say, Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. KD and Kyrie have been plus 12 per 100 in the minutes they've played together this season. Not mm-hmm. bad. No. Uh, now, I wouldn't ask how many minutes that is total, because <laughs> not a lot, which can often skew these numbers pretty dramatically. But this is a positive, Simon. Right. Uh, a lot of times, breakdowns of playoff series can be as simple as which which team has the better player. Yeah. We've got the better player. Uh, why, why isn't that enough for you? Well, I'll, I'll say some positive things first too, um, before I, I go down the, (laughs) the negativo path just quickly. Won't take long. Yeah. Um, no, but just, uh, adding on to your point, I mean, the Nets offense, if they can string four great games together is a potent offense. Um, oh, yeah. It's a jump shooting offense, so you know you do run you do run the risk of some cold spells there. But when it's firing, it's pretty pretty impressive. Um, and uh, I would also say that for all of the talk of Tatum, and I would definitely place him second in terms of talent um, um, of the two teams. I would still say though that he has been a legit superstar for about four months. Um, and so we'll see if that translates into the playoffs. Um, and I think our hope has to be that he has some trouble there, um, fully realizing his, his super, super stardom. Great. That sounds pretty positive to me. Yeah. Now the negatives are (laughs) to me, like, it's like we, we have to stop them and they have to stop us. And I would say a team with, the best defense in the league is going to be better at stopping us than we are at stopping them. Well, let's talk matchups for a minute then. Great. All right. So the most likely starting five for the Nets, you can uh, argue this if you'd like, is going to be Kyrie, Seth Curry, Bruce Brown, KD, and Drummond. I'm not going to argue that for one lick. Right. Which means... The likely matchups are going to be Kyrie and Marcus Smart Mm -hmm. on Marcus Smart. Seth Curry on Jalen Brown. Mm -hmm. Yikes. That is a (laughs) terrifying matchup. Bruce Brown. Bulky uh, ankle. Right. Bruce Brown on Tatum. 
mm-hmm. I read a quite alarming uh, stat that Tatum shot 57.1% from the field when defended by Brown this season. Whereas he only went uh, four of twelve, thirty-three percent against Durant. Yeah, no, he Bruce Brown cannot is guard not Tatum. New, yes. new, 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 new. Yes. Uh, we have Al Horford and uh, Katie will probably be guarding Al Horford, and then their center Daniel Tice and or Robert Williams, who we'll probably talk a bit more about later if he comes back or not, will be Drummond's assignment. So. Some pretty alarming stuff on defense. Tatum and Brown are going to have tremendously easy easy time scoring against Seth Curry and Bruce Brown. You could say that we could lean heavily on maybe like a guy like Claxton. Um, but then that mucks up the offense quite a lot. Like can I mean I don't know that Claxton is a Brown or Tatum stopper, but you could he could be better than than a Seth Curry on them. Yeah, and and longer than than poor Bruce, and much longer than poor Bruce, but yeah, from a defensive looking at that from a defensive standpoint, that's kind of scary. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that this brings us to the rotation overall, Simon. Who's going to get minutes in this series for the Nets? Who's going to sit on the bench? Uh, and like who, who might not even, even play this series. And personally, I'm thinking that our rotation is going to look a lot like it did against the Cavs in the must win play in game. Uh huh. So I'm just going to read you the minute breakdown and then I want your reaction to whether that sounds about right for who's yeah. going to be playing and where we might see some some other wrinkles or who else might get some playing time. So against the Cavs, Katie and Kyrie played 42 minutes. I think you can pretty much lock that in. This <laughs> yeah. whole playoffs. Yeah. If we Until have any chance, they're going to be playing 40-plus minutes tonight. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Brown played 40. Steph, uh, sorry, Seth Curry played 34. Claxton played 29, Drummond played 19, Mills played 17, Drogic 10, and Edwards 8. So I think that that's a pretty decent approximation of what's going to happen. I think the Drogic-Mills-Curry minutes could see various distributions, right? Like one night, if Drogic has it, he might be getting more, or if Mills is hot, he might have a bit more. Curry might, Curry's ankle might demand that he have a little more than, (laughs) a little less than uh, 34 minutes. Yeah, he had 34 scoreless minutes, I might add. Yeah, although, I mean, Curry has been fantastic on the Nets this this Oh, totally. I'm not blaming him. I think it's his It's that he's very clearly injured, yeah. So that means, Simon, that players such as LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, Cam Thomas, not seeing minutes in this series. Or do you think there's a role for, let's say, a a LaMarcus or a Cam Thomas? I mean, I don't think there's a role for Blake. Can we just move move on from Blake? Unless unless he's playing possum. (laughs) Unleash the, <laughs> the charge machine. Um, I 
it's weird about Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, I agree with you. I, I, I think all that is correct. I think that here's another wrinkle for you, William. I think that if Tatum is like white hot, we might see a few more minutes of Kessler Edwards. Okay. Because he is without Ben Simmons. And if you don't want to ask Kevin Durant to play 42 minutes playing their best player and scoring 30 points. Um, I think he is our best wing defender. Uh-huh. Um, so, so you could see a, an uptick in Kessler minutes. Yeah, what, what could just, you describe, describe emotionally what you experience when you see Kessler Edwards tee up for a three pointer? <laughs> trepidation yeah no that's a perfect word for it <laughs> i mean i try to think of it as like <laughs> as like found money you're all about reframing things positive i am i'm trying I'm trying to be very zen about this whole thing yeah okay um i mean i won't be i mean all of this gets thrown out as soon as the actual game starts <laughs> right. i start screaming at the tv but um, I think they're going to need to rework Kessler's mechanics in the offseason on that uh-huh. in, a, in a big way. I, I completely agree with you. Because he could be, I mean, again, like we have seen this Nets, the Nets offseason um, acquisitions and many of the, the busts therein are true, true testament to if you had any doubt of how valuable 3 and D people are. Um, or I should say D and three right. people are, um, they're very, very valuable. So if we could turn that guy into a legit three and D or that would be fantastic. Um, and so you're saying LaMarcus, you're, you're, you're wondering whether he has a chance to, to crack the rotation. I just think it's so weird, right? That like, it was like, Oh, he's hurt. And then it was like, he's back, but. He's not playing anymore. Like what? Ha- like it wasn't like we were like crushing it while Lamarcus was not playing. You know what I mean? And it was like, well, we found something that works. I think he's really terrible at defense. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And I think that as a result, you know, we, <laughs> unless you're one of our splashy shooting guards, your only purpose out there is to play it to like bolster what is one of the worst defenses in the league. Right. Yeah. And if LaMarcus can't do that and he really is just sort of like this, you know, long to assassin slash black hole, um, on offense, like he's not giving you enough of a boost on offense to, to make him worth it. Yeah. It's just very sudden. Cause like he is ever, he was like our one sort of bright spot of the like minimum signings, but yeah, no, I, I hear you. I mean, do you, I, it's totally possible that Nash will turn to him in this series. Do you, do you think there's a, a chance I, of that? I guess not just based on, like you said, I mean, it's not just the Cleveland game that he hadn't been playing. He's been out for a while. So. Yeah. And what about killer cam? Uh, I think we will be, I think, if Nash turns to Cam, we are in trouble. Uh, I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> I completely agree with that. Like, I, I, I love Cam Thomas. I do. And I truly think he has a bright future in the NBA. I'm so glad we drafted him. I can't wait to see him next year. I just think that, like, all of the things that are 
sort of negatives on Cam, like kind of like foolish decision-making, kind of reckless decision-making, not very good at defense. Like those are totally fine and to deal with and learn through and grow through in the regular season. They are really painful to deal with in the playoffs. Yeah. And Blake, obviously neither of us sees a role for him. Uh, Is there anyone else on the on the bench that could potentially contribute in this offseason i'm just trying to think who else there even is at this point <laughs> we seem to have gotten rid of so many of them to weirdly keep blake on the team that <laughs> yeah. uh, i guess we got david is david duke did he make the final roster uh, no i don't think he's eligible is so dayron eligible uh yeah okay um yeah, Dayron is eligible. I I, do I don't knowledge. I I I gotta say I don't think Nash trusts Dayron enough right now. <laughs> <laughs> is it the zero minutes he's played in? I, I'm gonna charges? I'm gonna real talk, Simon. I don't think he's trusted at this point. <laughs> Another guy like Cam. Very glad to have him on the team. Can't wait to see him next year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Dayron's one of my favorite players. Would love yeah. to see him. But I'm just I'm speaking solely um, about Steve Nash's seeming lack of trust in him, yeah, not my own. No, no, it's very low on yeah. the trustometer. Um, and Gorin, do you th- do you see him maybe maybe taking over some of Patty Mills's minutes? I mean, oh yeah, I think Mills is going to have a tight leash. Yeah. This this off season or so this this postseason. When when Mills has it going, Mills has it going. But I think you need about three minutes to figure out whether that's the case, <laughs> and then you gotta you gotta be willing to move on. Because <laughs> yeah. honestly, he's not playing possum, Steve. No, he's not. He's just he's ice fried. cold, <laughs> fried like an egg. Yeah, he came <laughs> in expecting about eighteen to twenty minutes a night, and ended up playing close to forty for three or four months. So he is understandably a, a little fried, as you say. <laughs> He's a fried peach. He's a fried peach. It's just got a little dribble of fried peach what coming out of your of mouth there. What's your mouth going over there? Oh, God. You must have had a peach. Oh, he must have been playing a possum over there. <laughs> that boy playing a possum. Oh, Lord. Georgia lawyer. Georgia uh, lawyers. They're funny as heck. <laughs> uh, so, Time Lord, Simon. Yes, let's talk about him, walk about him. Talk about him, walk about him. You think it's more or less likely that we see Time Lord than we see Ben Simmons? Oh, much more likely that we see Time Lord. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid that that does seem to be what people are saying. People who might actually know these things. <laughs> Not or... that we wouldn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we would too. Of the other people who know things. Of the other people with direct lines to Time Lord. Uh, yeah, they seem to suggest he's coming back sooner rather than later. What, uh, you know, there was the the Bruce Brown KD drama when Bruce sort of laid out oh, the, Nets, gotcha. the Nets thinking on uh, what they'd do with Time Lord out. That was... Probably an unwise thing to stay publicly. <laughs> Record scratch. Yeah. 
I mean, it could be 4D chess, you know? Yeah. Do you think, William, that that irked Bruce Brown, that Kevin Durant came out and was immediately like, I don't like what he said? And Oh, yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Bruce Brown is like a, a, a really prideful dude. Yeah. So getting reprimanded publicly by by the big guy probably couldn't have felt good. Yeah. Um do you think it's going to have like implications on their their uh on the series on how Bruce is Bruce going to be in his own head now? Yeah, I don't know. I mean I <clears throat> I I I hope not and probably not, but I just feel like we've caught We've caught Bruce at a very good time right now. Like we had he, peak Bruce for sure. Yeah, so like I really, <laughs> I really hope that our third, currently third best player. Yeah, the guy uh, that got forty minutes against the Cavs is is, is able to to do it without any any distractions. Yeah, no, because uh, a uh, uh, an off Bruce Brown is. <laughs> not helpful <laughs> right the guy who for many months was like getting no or minimal playing time is a critical critical cog in this team now yeah um and then time lord himself what do you think his impact will be just um i think it will be i think uh, honestly this is where i get a little down william <laughs> I I think it, it will be so if it's like game six or something and it's like like I think they'll it'll be like oh well they've already <laughs> shut down the Nets offense so you know this won't hurt like I, I I think without him they're also an incredible defense yeah but he so I, he is I, certainly you know a net positive for them. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I just think that, like, I don't know, Nets, especially in the playoffs, like, your jump shot, it's a little harder to hit jump shots when in the pressure situations, and I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm skeptical of our offense being as potent as it has been. But, um, you know, hope, hope springs eternal. All right, well, you know, I know. I mean, I don't, I, I have heard Rob Williams is incredibly important to their defense. Yeah, um, yeah. I assume that the people who say that are probably right. Um, and I would prefer if he didn't come back, obviously for selfish yeah. reasons. Um, but uh, I guess we'll, we'll see what his return entails and when he'll actually be able to get back. Um, as you know, the, Boston has home court advantage in this series, so we will be playing in Boston the first two games, and if it comes to a game seven, we'll be in Boston. Also, Boston fans, uh, notorious assholes, uh, yes. probably pretty psyched to unleash their fear upon former Boston Celtic Kyrie Irving uh, what do you think? Is there is there enough sage in the state of Massachusetts to purge the bad vibes for Kyrie, or might that have an impact on on his play in the in the garden? Um, 
I don't know. Although I go two ways on this because yeah, the last game that they played, um, it was clear he was clearly in his head about the booing and such. Like he did not have a good game, and I think it was pretty clear. Um, part of that reason was frustration with um, being heckled. Uh-huh. But last year's playoffs, he was incredible. And there was certainly lots of booing of him then. Right. Um, so um, I, I don't know. But, I mean, they're just a weaker team now, as we've discussed. So if I had to guess, I'd say it will impact him negatively. <laughs> yeah, I would have to guess my how how much things have changed in a year yeah i think you were basically the only person who thought boston was going to beat us in the first round last year (laughs) even when when we were up like 30 in game five or whatever you were were just convinced it was all coming down coming (laughs) crashing down Oh, those were those were incredible days. That's why, again, folks, you gotta you gotta just take what you, you cherish what you've got because it can always get worse. It can always get. We looked uh, invincible after the first round last year. Yeah. Um, and now, invincible. I'd say we very invincible. Extremely invincible. All right. So, what? Then, Simon, is your prediction for this first round series that if we do somehow win, will result in us going and playing the Milwaukee Bucks? Yowch. Which is no treat unless a miracle happens. And I truly hope it does. And the Bulls shock the world and beat the Bucks. But I, I really don't foresee that happening. They're, they're trending down. I think they had, when all was said and done, they had like one more win than we did. The Bulls? Yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they were, I mean, I saw them in person recently and uh, the best part of the game was, was Benny the Bull throwing popcorn at people. um i will say celtics in six wow buddy this is a nets fans podcast here (laughs) which is why i simon am throwing out all logic all reason and i am saying nets in six Wow, Nets and six. Nets and six, we win at Barclays, you know, to mild applause. (laughs) People are, they're kind of, you know, they stuck around to the end. Isn't that enough? Now they have to cheer, too? Yeah. Although, did you see the the Nets Daily article about how how, uh, Nets Nation, Nets fandom is a, a, a booming industry? Yes, you said, I, I, I saw, thank you for, for sending it, I, I saw it. I did not read it. Yeah, it's got all, uh, you know, we had, I think, ninth best percentage attendance in the NBA he, this year. Yeah, he, he loves that percentage, old net income. He loves percentage of, of arena filled. Okay, you're in a new space. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just grabbing my phone because I want to make sure I can get the, uh, the mailbag read correctly. Sorry. Oh, right. We've got mailbags. I forgot. Yeah. Um, I can't hear you. It sounds good. It sounds better, actually, than than in bed or on bed. Oh, okay. Um, But 
yeah, so Nets Nets Daily article about Nets fandom. Oh, TV ratings are way up. Uh, yeah, from from like forty thousand, right? forty thousand to like ninety thousand, <laughs> which is like a you know statistically a pretty big jump. Yeah, but, but it's, yeah. it's still pretty pretty sad. Right, um, forty thousand is so so bad. It's not good for a regional sports team with in a city of eight million people. Right, it's just it's not what you want it to be at, to be honest. Um, so. Anyway, Nets are popular. Don't trust your senses when you're at Barclays Center. <laughs> um, I'm I'm betting Nets win in six, Simon, and I'm taking that to the bank. I've, I have put, I think, an entire dollar on that. So. All right. Hey, oh, here's something, William. Can I get to oh, just a quick conspiracy theory? Sure. On the, I think that there's a lot of mass ticket buying going on at at Barclays. I think that's how they're juicing the numbers. I think there's a lot of a, a lot of like I don't know funny business going on. Oh, uh, completely. And but here's the thing about that, uh, you know, it's all relative to the other the other teams. Oh, okay. they're all doing it too. Oh, okay. You know, so I think everyone's juicing the numbers. Uh, maybe we just juice them better. Yeah, because if again, I've been I've been in five or six other stadiums in the last few years and everyone feels electric relative to to Barclays. <laughs> um, all right. So, Simon, you've got a mailbag for us. Yes, I do. Let me let me get it out for us. OK, this is coming from friend and former colleague. I'll I'll say Kevin J to protect his uh... Kevin J. Yes. Do I know Kevin J? No, I don't think you've ever met him. Okay. He's a former colleague, a Knicks fan. Uh, you know, um, uh, long-suffering Knicks fan. Uh, and and listener, um, most perhaps uh, flattering and frankly shocking. <laughs> uh, no offense to anyone listening. Um. <laughs> I don't think I have to worry about offending too many people. But. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Hard numbers are great right now during the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, so. we're juicing them too. Hey, and there's a writer back at fa- at, at Nothing But Nets. They've oh, got a writer. They just came back yesterday, so our numbers are already uh, trending up again. Thank God. Yeah. So the question is basically, should we have thrown the game against the Cavs Um in other words, do the benefits from taking on the Heat and Sixers in round one and two outweigh the unbearable scrutiny and potential for embarrassment that would come from trying to beat Atlanta or or Charlotte? And in that case, uh, it turned out to be Atlanta. You're right, and we did we did I we did discuss this a bit last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at the time, I certainly I wouldn't have been upset. Had we gotten the eighth seed, I was just way too nervous to likely confront Atlanta. No, me too. Totally. And, and, and I, I just feel like, again, I've just said, we're going to lose to the Celtics, but, but I, I just feel like our offense is, or at least can be so good. And our defense is so bad that we can lose to anyone. We can beat anyone on, on on a given night. Yeah. I mean, I, I, unquestionably, Miami and 
Philly, though that's rather presumptuous that Philly's going to beat the Raptors. I, I, I personally am really hoping that the Raptors upset the the Sixers, but yeah. unquestionably that seems like the easier side of the bracket. You don't want. Yeah. I mean, Boston and and Milwaukee are are I think pretty unquestionably the one and two team in the East right now. Yeah. Um, so having them in round one and two is just a it's just not a great draw. But yeah, this team, as we've discussed so many times, is a purely hypothetical team. Yes. Like, and as as such, they could beat literally anyone, right? They could. Um, There aren't enough numbers to prove or disprove it. They have two really good players on their team and a lot of, you know, at least at some point in their careers, very talented role players. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, like you said, they could, they, I could see them, I could see them beating anyone, and I could, I could see them losing to, to Miami or Philly or frankly the Raptors, um, as well. So, right. So yeah. So you're you're of a mind that it's just you know, it it, it doesn't really matter. They're either going to transcend and 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 sort of actualize people's fantasies of them being great or they're just going to get clobbered because this team has no chemistry is not played together and has been dysfunctional all season exactly and and i agree with you 100 percent that the bucks are going to be the toughest but everything's going to be tough we're going to lose the celtics i think so Right, as you've as you've said, I'm still a nuts and six guy, folks. So so at Simon, don't at me. Absolutely. Um, unless you want to at me, in which case it's maybe nuts time. We'd love to get added, quite frankly. Well, tell Kevin Kevin J was it? Yes, Kevin J. Thanks for the the mailbag. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate it. Always love hearing from people, even if they are Knicks fans. <laughs> Especially if they're Knicks fans. For me, I'm, you oh, know, could, you, could you, be. You've got a special place in your heart for Knicks fans. Yeah. I mean, you you you've said multiple times you want your daughter to be a, a Knicks fan. I just I just don't want her to go through what I've been through with this <laughs> Nets team. Okay. Um, all right, let's get to our fun segment, Simon. Ooh. Easter. It's Easter weekend. Yesterday was Good Friday. Today is whatever the Saturday is, and tomorrow is Easter. Do you know if there's a special term for what the Saturday is? Uh, In your religion? No, I don't. Okay. I'm not. I'm. I'm not a scholar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a humble lamb like my lord. I am nothing but a lamb, baby. <laughs> bah. Uh so our fun segment is going to be about Easter eggs, which according to Urban Dictionary, Simon, is a hidden item placed in a movie, television show, or otherwise visual media for close watchers. Mm. You're familiar with the expression Easter eggs, of right? Of course, absolutely. Do you have a favorite, all-time favorite Easter egg? No. I, 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 the ones that I can think of, I'm sure there are good ones out there, but the ones that I can think of are just like 
really cringy things like in like a like a one of the newer like Star Wars where they're like, oh, remember this? <laughs> right. Um, that are just sort of like painful homages to like the thing that people actually care about in hidden within things that people are only watching because they like something from, you know, 50 years ago. Right. And done in such an overt way that it's hard mm-hmm. to call it a hidden you know, exactly. everyone is literally like your eyes are forced to see it. Right, exactly. But for people who are able to pick up on more subtler things, I'm sure there's there's lots of lots of good ones out there. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to look for we're going to talk about what Easter eggs we would like inserted into Nets bro- uh, Nets broadcast. <laughs> Okay, and I'll get us started here, Simon, and I'll get us started with one that is so convoluted and difficult to follow that you are (laughs) sure to come up with something better than this. Oh, I don't know about that. Okay? Okay. All right. So, in one of the um, NBA logos around the court, right? Because I'm, I'm sure there are a number of NBA logos. You know the one with Jerry West in it. Mm-hmm. The NBA logo. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'd like one of them to replace the Jerry West silhouette with that just generic silhouette of a player that, that the NBA doesn't have a photo for. Okay. 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 And you're asking yourself, hmm. <laughs> I mean, sounds cool. Yeah. But... <laughs> I'm 100% on board. All right, I'm 100% on board with that cool-sounding idea. But why? Uh, let me let me tell you why, Simon. Uh, it's subtle, and it's a bit of a stretch here. Um, what it implies, or what it's meant to imply to the Easter egg hunter out there, is that any other player, right, any anonymous player in the league could come in and fill that logo in Barclays, meaning that we would be willing to sign and trade Kyrie Irving for literally anyone else. Whoa, that's deep. Anyone else, just so long as they they can guarantee us that they are not currently or in the future will uh, undergo any back issues. <laughs> so there should be a little caveat in the box with the right. anonymous silhouette saying right. no back issue silhouette filler. <laughs> but other than that, the Easter egg should be plain as day to anyone who's paying attention. Right. Um, that was, yes, that's, that's sort of beating, beating us over the head with it, but right. That's, that's a very star Warsy Easter egg. Right. Right. We all, we all know that Easter egg. Um, so for me, William, I don't really know if this counts as an Easter egg, but I would like the broadcast to sort of do a clandestine chow cam. Now, we all remember the chow cam. It was the best of the cams, <laughs> uh, and it was extremely short-lived, but it was entire point was to catch people eating food and put them Hilarious. on the, the Jumbotron. Exactly. Yes. Um, it's like mid cheese dog, and you're getting exactly. you're getting food camped. Now there was clearly some someone did not like the chow cam uh, in in high in higher places. So, somebody up high did not like the chow cam because it was pretty quickly kiboshed. Yes, but 
I think that they could do a subtler version where they wouldn't call it a chow cam, but they would just show like a series of shots of people eating funny. Or or you could even have like, okay, we've got a cut to um, Doris Burke on the sideline, right? And then the camera guy could just be angling it. Like Burke would be the centerpiece, right. but in the background, Ooh. there'd be someone just like, like fully chugging a Philly cheesesteak. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Exactly. Yeah, you do a nice subtle one. You don't explicitly call it a chow cam, yeah. but the entire point of the cut is that you're looking at, at someone eating food. Exactly. Okay, I love that. That's a great Easter egg. That's that's already so much better than mine that required so much explanation. <laughs> I have I have another one, and this one bests my, my first... Um, Easter egg, which was terrible. No, uh, it, it bests it by I would say probably not being an actual Easter egg. Okay. Um, this is more of an augmented reality type feature. Okay. So okay. the camera is scanning over the audience, and it's doing something similar to you. It's 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 finding the food in the audience. Okay. Okay. But in in front of the food, it's flashing the price that was paid for the food. <laughs> okay? And my feeling is that if enough people see the extortionary rates that are being paid for this, for this food, yeah, that there will be such a public outcry and backlash against what people are being charged at Barclays to try to enjoy a little bit of food and drink at a, at a basketball game that they're going to have to bring the prices down. <laughs> right. It's yes. It's uh, silence is violence here. We need to get the word out on just what is being done at Barclays. Absolutely. And no better way to do it than by enlisting the uh, revolutionary power of augmented reality. <laughs> Can I just say, William, I love the idea of augmented reality. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me what about augmented reality turns you on, Simon. Okay. It's that, like, I love the idea of just being able to, like, walk through, like, a thing and, like, fully interact with something that is not actually there. Like, use my regular hands and arms and whatever to like actually interact in a way with like a world with the characters with with people whatever like that is so awesome to me that like feels real ish you know like you're actually in an environment instead of just like looking at a tv that is playing something but a fully immersive experience sure yeah is there like a particular setting where you think it'd be be more fun or just th just all settings thank you so much for asking the answer to that question is a duel a, a duel <laughs> yes like a quick draw oh okay so like most people are say just like on a street but yeah, you yeah. in your augmented reality are uh, on a street in uh old san antone <laughs> And yeah, it's exactly. a dusty street. Exactly. And there's a, a compadre meters. about 30 meters away from you. <laughs> and one of you two ain't walking away. That's right. Exactly. One of us has an itchy trigger finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so the environment you would most like to experience augmented reality is just a space where you can perceive that you're in a duel. Yes. <laughs> You've got it. <laughs> now make it happen, would you? Come on, Google. Get take me there, baby. <laughs> where I can perceive. Oh, that's a great that's a great use of augmented reality right there. <laughs> Thank you. I can tell you've thought about this a lot. <laughs> how do you think how do you think you'd fare in a in a <laughs> augmented reality duel, Simon? I ain't walking away. <laughs> Oh, my boy. compadre's feeling very comfortable. That compadre looks pretty arrogant over there, doesn't he? <laughs> He's like the Celtics walking into game e- one tomorrow. Exactly. No, you got to be scared anytime you got KD on the other side, I think. Yeah. So there's hope. There's hope. There's hope. Yeah. Just as there's hope that one day. Um, augmented reality will just become a normalized part of uh, what was quaintly called reality. <laughs> right, we had reality had a good run, but goodbye forever. <laughs> Let's augment that motherfucker. <laughs> Take me to dusty old San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> hey, barkeep, bring me the bottle and leave it. <laughs> Fill her up. Fill her up. (laughs) (laughs) There are few, I mean, basically any time in that human beings have been alive, including this one, I'm I'm not, you know, really thriving. But but I would say the Wild West is one where I'm in an especially perilous position. I don't yeah. do well. <laughs> I think you would you would definitely project that you would make a loyal subject to whatever <laughs> power broker was in the area. But, <laughs> but you would you would exist at the whim of that that power broker. I, I would have to become adept at knowing which way the winds are going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think you may even have to become fairly adept at playing possum. yes indeed it was a time of possum playing it was a time of yeah 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 uh that's that's funny yeah i don't think i don't think the wild west would have been a great scene for you what do you (laughs) think would have driven you west um search for a better life (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, you're you you are a man who who reveres private property. Yes, I love private property. An acreage. <laughs> How many acres? <laughs> and I get to do all the upkeep on said acres. Is that correct? <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'm a lover of upkeep. <laughs> I live to upkeep. I live to upkeep. 
Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we have already taken our listeners on an 80-minute journey into the, the hearts and minds of Nets Nation. You earned your 250 this 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 week, <laughs> listeners. Our advertisers are going to kill us here. <laughs> we, we promise to keep it at a tight 60. <laughs> but we said no. No, we do keep it our way. We do it our way. You know, there's like, there's like a lot of there. They'll say like, you know, we're not, we're not beholden to any ads. We're just, we're just beholden to to our listeners. Well, we have ads, but we're not beholden to them. I'll tell you <laughs> no. that much. No, we absolutely are not. We're renegades, <laughs> like Simon in the Wild West, <laughs> dueling away. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing later, Simon, after your duel? Uh, probably going to the local, uh, what do they call doctors the back then? Hole? No, <laughs> you, the you're going to have to go to someone who's going to who's gonna give you a stick to, to chew while they rip out some lead from your shoulder. <laughs> I'm going to have quite a bit of lead in me that <laughs> needs extracting. Oh, an apothecary. Apothecary, sure. Yeah, yeah. Meet me at the apothecary at five. I got a duel at four thirty. <laughs> just follow the trail of blood. <laughs> Please just let me know who I need to swear my allegiance to when I see you at the apothecary. <laughs> this last allegiance, I was not picking up on the wind shift there. <laughs> I am not but I am not adept at wind reader. Wind reading. Oh, God. I'm searching for a better life. <laughs> they said the acreage out here was <laughs> incredible. Um, okay. All right. Well, listeners, next time we are talking with you, we will have a much better sense of whether the Nets have any chance in this series or not. Obviously, we're both hoping they do. Yeah. Uh, I have 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 committed a a dollar of my hard earned money to <laughs> betting that they will have a chance, but uh, well, no more next time. And if you have any thoughts, comments, uh, or suggestions for uh, augmented reality experiences that maybe we haven't thought of that you'd, you'd like to share with us, hit us up, maybe next time at gmail.com or on Twitter or Instagram. We're all over the damn place. Uh, Simon, it's been an absolute pleasure peeling back uh, further layers of the things that make you tick as a very, very <laughs> special guy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I wouldn't, before this episode, if I had had 100,000 guesses as to what your augmented reality dreams were, not one of those 100,000 guesses would have been a duel in old San Antonio. <laughs> it just wouldn't have been. Um, and that's that's why you're the gift that keeps on giving, buddy. Thank you, thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure as well. Um, and we will go ahead 
And uh, see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. Columns, there was this letter I read. If you like Pina Colada.